The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the More You Noble Sports Podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Mike Noble. You can obviously follow us on Twitter at More underscore Noble, and I am joined across the table by Caleb Noble. You can find me at CalebNoble08 on Twitter. So, uh, big news. Big news in the sports world this week. we got a lot to talk about uh, today. Obviously, start with the Cardinals. And uh, big time shout out to Ali Marmol mm-hmm. for being named uh, or being hired as the 51st manager in St. Louis Cardinals history, uh, the youngest in the MLB at 35 years old, and the first person of color mm-hmm. that the Cardinals have ever hired to be their manager. So shout out to Mo and the boys. Obviously, we talked about the Schilt firing last time, but I, I do, and we talked about who we kind of thought, and I think it seemed like the consensus among many of us, most of us, well, obviously we talked about Baltran, we talked about Schumacher, but we kind of all felt that Ali Marmol was going to be the guy. I don't think they were going to go out of out of the organization. It didn't make any sense. If they want someone to be fully on board with what they want and and their plans going forward, which obviously was the difference between keeping Shilton, letting him go, bringing someone like Bruce Bochy or a guy like that, or even a Matt Holiday who's never coached for this organization. It didn't make any sense. And I mean, I'm happy. I just don't, I don't get the thing that's frustrating to me is all these people on Twitter bashing the move. Because you have nothing to go off of. He could be great. He could end up being the next Tony La Russa. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to, but to judge a move before anything has happened with a manager who's never managed before, it'd be different if we hired Brad Osmus because we've seen him fail. But all We've the, also seen him succeed. Not really. I mean, he had one of the most talented, he had some of the most talented teams of the last 10 years and never did much with them since Jim Lee. He was one before him, right, Jim Leland? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he didn't do much to succeed at all. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for him. It's cool. I mean, he seems he seems to be a guy. I saw Trevor Plouffe was talking. He said he talked to Jack Flaherty. Jack, his Jack said he was really happy about it. So I'm glad. I just hope the players, if the players are fine with it and he doesn't screw it up, I'm fine with it. Here's the thing, and you talk about the, the Twitty, it's like we like to call them. Here, the same people that are complaining about the Marmol hire are the same ones who... Day in and day out, bitched about Mike Schilt. Mm-hmm. They're the same ones who will complain that we're not starting Mike Trout in center field. We don't have Bryce Harper in right field. We don't have well, the Bryce fill Harper in the blank, fill in the blank, legitimate. fill in the blank. But you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. It's the same people who, no matter what they did, if they would have hired their fate, they could have hired them and they would have complained. Yeah. So I, I do not, I can't even take many of the Cardinal fans who are on Twitter seriously mm. because they have they just continue to prove they have no idea what there they're talking about. There are some great about. ones. Absolutely. There are, but they're it's absolutely just, it's like every fan base. But here's just, the thing about Marmol that I, I, I'm kind of excited about. Again, I, I said last time I was shocked that, that Shilk got fired. I'm still sort of shocked that, that that went down. I'm not as it's gone along I've gotten more and more to where it makes sense. And you can continue with your point because I have one after you. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is I'm hopeful that having a Latin manager might encourage some Latin free agents to want to come play for a young Latin guy who's getting a chance to be a mate. I mean, I, I don't know all his um, – he's Cuban, I believe. Is that he what he's He is Dominican. Saying? Dominican. Yes. He's from Orlando. Correct. But he – and grew up in Miami, I believe. That is a great question. I no, he said – I believe he said he okay. did grow up in Miami. But um, played baseball. At to be a, but to be a guy, he speaks fluent Spanish and English. I mean, that can be. A, I'm not saying Carlos Correa is coming here by any means, 
But having a guy like Ollie to run it, I mean, that can sway a guy one way or the other to want to play for a guy that understands where he came from, understands his culture, and speaks his native language. We've seen the success of Alex Cora. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The players, I mean, you, you can dig into was he behind the Houston. I, I'm so over all the cheating scandals. Uh, at this if point, you got a chance to watch the Chris Bassett interview right. with Chris Rose, he said what I've been saying ever since it went down. If anybody is naive enough to believe that those were the only two teams doing it, then we have some swamp land in New York City that yeah. we're trying to sell you. And that's and I sort of really believe in that when Joey Votto says it. I mean, Joey Votto, if anyone around the league knows knows everything about the inner workings right. of baseball, it's him. And, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for it. I'm glad to have a different, almost like a different guy in there. I'm excited. Like, Shilton Matheny, don't get me wrong, very different managers, very different people. But to have almost a new presence in the, and I think it can really help. And I, I'm going to assume that a lot of our young Latin players, the Genesis Cabreras of the world, I mean, they're probably pretty happy about having a guy that very much so understands their background, where they come from. We have Herrera coming up. And look, at, and say what you want about Ozzy again. I'm not a big fan of the guy. He says a lot of stupid shit. But, I mean, he did a lot, really good job in Florida for a couple of years. And his players With the also Latin players, him, right? Like John Carlos Stanton and the guys yeah. like that. So I, I think he can help help bridge that gap for those guys. And I and from what I've heard, everyone loves him. Unfortunately, I, I'm young. sure that there is a faction of the fan base on Twitter and anywhere else who is angry because of that fact. He's not, yeah, but those people not, are just ignorant. He's not a middle-aged white. Kind of have to ignore those people. I, I get it, but unfortunately that's the, the state that we live in. And, hey, I'm excited about it. Again, I, I was very critical of Schilt many, many times, as, as everybody is, like I've said before, of every manager. But it does almost feel like a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a, it's a new beginning, maybe. And I loved Marmol's comments. If you got a chance to watch I didn't watch the entire thing. I did. But I watched most of it. And if you got a chance just to hear him say anything but a championship is a failure. Mm-hmm. And I just like to hear that, if nothing else. And, and also what that does is it says, hey, Mo, all right, the pressure's on you, buddy. Yeah. You fired your second manager in 10 years. Mm-hmm. You hired me. I, I am, and he is an analytics guy. I think he's also a field-based guy. I, I think, think he's, he's going to take I think a mix of be, both. Sorry. No, ahead. you're all right. You're all right. Go ahead. No, I just said I think he's going to take a mix of both, and that's how you should do the game. Right. Well, use the numbers to your advantage, but know when when not to. And I think the thing that I really want to stress with anyone that's listening to this, give the guy a couple months. Don't jump on him every – Gabe Kapler in Philadelphia was a big thing. He had scapegoated, and now look what he's doing in San Francisco. Yeah, he's going to make mistakes early on. It's a, I mean, when I started Starbucks, I don't know how many drinks I made, but <laughs> wrong. But when you start a new job, especially at the age he is, I'm sure he's going to do great. He got to see – I think Schultz's a great manager. I really do. And he got to see him work for two years. I, I'm give the dude some time. He's gonna make some mistakes. He's gonna he's gonna maybe do some things. You're like, why did you do that? But he's not gonna be. He might be the manager of the year. I'm not gonna say he won't. But immediately, he's not gonna be experienced like Tony Larusa. Mike Schultz gonna find another spot. But back to what I was saying about Marmol. I, I just feel like he's going. You hear these guys who are the players' coaches, mm-hmm. and and we play baseball. Obviously, not at the level that these guys did. Yeah. However, we know exactly what they mean. The guy who has your back. Shout out Brett Huff. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. The guy who you you enjoy going to the park, you enjoy being around. And even though he's still coach and you know that he holds all the reins, you enjoy playing for that kind of guy. And I was lucky enough to have multiple coaches like that throughout my life. And I just think like Marmol, you look at his, his record or his, his trajectory to get here, obviously drafted out of College of Charleston, two spots ahead of Anthony Rizzo, by the way, which is pretty cool. By the Cardinals also. By the Cardinals, could not hit. Could not hit. Could not hit. But but then but then for an organization to, to release him, 
but say we want to hire you back and be a coach. At age 24, that says a lot about Ali Marmol. And then to put him in charge eventually of two very low A teams that had massive success. You know, two extended. A lot of really talented players. The first two were extended the extended teams. Yeah. Then he got the low A team. Then they promoted him all the way up to bench coach or a uh, first base coach Matheny, under Matheny. Mm-hmm. And then Schilt, when Schilt was hired, uh, made him the bench coach. So let's talk about the bench coach. Yeah. I read an article today about the three people that that seem to maybe make a lot of sense. Now I don't know what you think about this, so I'm going to throw these to you and let you talk about them. And maybe you have some other names. Uh, I'm always skeptical when I hear bench coach, and it's the same kind of age. But we are move. The baseball is moving. So the three guys that were mentioned today were Skip Schumacher, mm-hmm. Stubby Clapp, and Matt Holliday. Yeah. So what do you think of those three? And, and do you, are you concerned, or would you be concerned, of three guys who we also talked about to be the Cardinals manager uh, being there? Not that they would obviously try to, you know, circumvent any success that he has or anything else. But would you would you rather see an established vet? As a bench coach, like Don Zimmer was, obviously he was with with Torrey. And Walt Weiss with the Braves right now. Correct. Would yeah. you rather see that? And obviously he's younger than Snitker with the Braves. Yeah. But or well, would Snitker's you? Are you okay with those three guys? I'm okay with it. It doesn't worry me at all. The only thing I care about is that they have a good chemistry and trust each other. And then they, I I lean towards probably Stubby Clapp being the guy they bring in, only because I think Stubby Clapp wants to be a manager, and that seems to be the. Not always, not in every situation, but that seems to be the, your bench coach and then you go to manager. So I think he would be a good option. I, I really want Skip Schumacher on the staff. I don't really care where he is, if he's the first base coach, if he's the bench coach. But I think he would be awesome on the staff. I think and I think I'd go hard at him to get him in, in, in the locker room. I think he's your natural guy. That's, that's what I'll say. I think he would work. You already have Stubby at first yeah. base. Mm-hmm. Skip is unless they hire him in San Diego, which I really hope they do. I just don't see that happening. They're not going to go down that road again. But if they don't, they, they're going to bring in a whole new regime. Especially which if it's Bruce Skip, it, Which means Skip could be out. That just seems to make the most sense. You get him back where I'm sure that he would love to be. He has nothing but yeah. love for the Cardinals organization. And all the players love Skip Schumacher. Yeah. Who doesn't and I just think, to, to me, I love the idea of Matt Holiday. I love the idea of Stubby, but you already got Stubby in the house at first base. As your first base coach. And obviously, he'd get more experience as a bench coach. I understand that. But to bring Skip in seems to make sense. I, I assume, I, I'm speaking out of turn probably here, that Ali and, and Skip have probably a pretty good relationship. I would assume. And, but my thing is, with those three guys, I think you could... Stubby's already on the staff, so you don't have to worry about him. He's there. Correct. But Skip and Matt, I think you could get those both those guys on the staff... I mean, one could be a bench coach, but the other one, I mean, why not have Matt Holiday as a hitting consultant? Right, or, or a or Willie anything. McGee type guy. You can give them Just to have, title. I think the thing about having a staff like that, you want to have the as much knowledge from as many different diverse groups of people as you can. You want to have the Matt Holidays of the world who hit homers, who, who's really good friends with Nolan Arenado, and I'm sure can give a lot of really valuable lessons and advice to Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan and all the right-handed hitters we have. And Skip Schumacher, a guy who played every single position on the field, he is basically Tommy Edmond. Maybe not. I don't think he's as good as Tommy Edmond, but but I think having all three of those, I think you should try and get as many of those guys on your staff as you can. The thing that I found interesting, I guess I'll just ask you about this. Does it concern you at all that he said that um, Marmol said that his hitting ideologies align with um, Jeff Alberts? It doesn't, and the only reason I say, look, here's the thing: we've talked about fired Jeff Albert before, right? I'm kind of off that train. I'm off well, the hitting coach matter. When train. I, well, that's part of it. And, and again, in my opinion, I think the hitting coach... I, I coach girls golf, for example, at the high school level. 
I am by no means a scratch golfer. I'm not even close to a scratch golfer. But I could put band-aids on situations for girls and help them with their swings. Mm-hmm. I sort of feel that uh, hitting coaches that way too. These guys know their swings so well. They're there to catch something maybe they didn't see or to give them an alternate view. Uh, so, and what, when I hear people talking about how Nolan and Goldie and those guys lo- and Tyler love Jeff Albert. It sounds Albert. like Tommy Edmond did it though. I mean, maybe not. Not everybody. You're not going to get full buy-in but from the thing, everybody. The thing about Albert is his job, I don't know if his job, I think hitting coach is almost a really poor title for the job. Because, yeah, I, while I do think he definitely suggests things and helps guys with their swings a little bit, I think his main thing is he does the scouting reports. He says, here's a scouting report. Use this information I'm giving you as you want, but here's all the information. And when Tommy Edmund came out and said that they weren't getting the right information, that worries me. Hopefully they figured it out. I mean, they were really good down the stretch. But I just want – I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not in the clubhouse, so I don't know what Jeff Albert's teaching them, and I don't know what he does really, to be honest with you at all, because I'm under the impression that uh, a veteran like Paul Goldschmidt and Yachty and guys like that probably have a bigger sway on the younger guys with their swing than Jeff Albert does. So I don't know if it matters as much. I mean, look at the Mets. They fired their hitting coach halfway through the season, and then they got worse Right. with a new one. So right. I, assuming that you're well, going to get... I mean, Matt John Holiday May- as a hitting coach might be great, but... John Mabry dealt with that here for a while. One year, I don't remember if it was 15 or 16... Has an, they had an incredible, one of the top offenses in baseball. Then the next year they dropped off and everybody went to fire Matt, or John Mabry. And they did. So, and they did. Um, but I, I, I think there's room for both of them. If Matt, if Matt Holliday's uh, obviously interested. I know yeah. that they did say that he was interested in the, in the, head, in the manager job. Yeah. But obviously they, were, I, they I weren't interested in that, in that way. Um, just a few other things to talk about here with the Cardinals. Uh, three Cardinals up for the Silver Slugger Award. So I think we should talk about that just a little bit. Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, and Tyler O'Neill all up for the Silver Slugger. Uh, I I don't see. I don't know. Do you think any of them win it? No, I don't either. Because I think Freddie's <laughs> going to win it first. I think Tyler could win it in left. It's not, but that's the thing. It's not position based in outfield. It's three outfielders. Okay. Yeah. Which can we talk about? Yes, I, I should have known that for a second. Well, I'll we'll get to that in a second because that's so dumb. But um, Nolan's not going to win in the third. Who's going to win the third? There wasn't that many big boppers that oh, Austin Riley. Never Austin Riley. Austin Riley went in the third. I think Freddie's probably going to get into first base, and I mean Tyler, if it was just left field, yes, he'd get it. But I mean Juan Soto and Bryce Harper are locks. As is Nick Castellanos. Yeah, so I would be surprised right. or Winker. So I'd be surprised Winker's if he's not won even it. a finalist. So he's oh, not wait. even okay. named. He got hurt. Um, Brian, yeah. if you'd like to know Brian Reynolds, Adam Duvall, and Tyler O'Neill after the three that it'd be said. hard for him to almost be ahead of any of those guys. Got to think Freddie Freeman or Joey Votto or Max Muncy. Or ahead of Paul Goldschmidt, right? I mean, yeah, I would probably. I mean, Paul had a great year. I would say he's was he should probably be ahead of Joey Votto, but um, yeah, Freddie's no, gonna win. No, Joey had a hell of a year. He had good home runs. That was about it. But yeah. yeah, I don't. But why? Why is it that the infielders have to go by position, but outfielders get free reign? <laughs> it is an interesting. The same way with the All Star Game, right? Like you can have Byron Buxton, Mike Trout, and Kevin Kiermaier. He's not going to make it, but in the outfield. But you can't have four shortstops on the infield. It's that's that, that needs to be changed. Right, I agree with that. I, agree. I actually assumed that it was. So that that actually does fall on me. Because gold gloves don't that. work that way. Like it make it, it makes no sense. Um, anyway, that's, that's cool to be nominated for them. Three guys who, uh, I mean, obviously that's two, three, four in our lineup coming back next year. Uh, Marmol did talk about maybe changing up lineups. I'm kind of intrigued to see how that works. Uh, I think we've obviously Tommy's right righty lefty splits. So maybe you see him leading off some games and maybe hitting ninth some other games, mm-hmm. which. I'm okay with. Yeah. I'm okay with. I, I know that a lot of old school guys like, hey, you pencil in one lineup and you leave it. 
I think when you look back at the 2004 Cardinals, that was the way it should have been with the 2004 yeah. Cardinals. But with the 2022 Cardinals, it's probably not going to be that way. And we and the Houston Astros, they have the same lineup every day because they should. They don't. All their right. guys say rising lefties very well, and they're very good in their positions that they're in. And I think Tyler O'Neill, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, hopefully one of the shortstops, if we get one of them. Those guys you keep. You keep in their positions because they're good against everybody. You want them in the middle of the order. Two through five. Yeah, probably. Yeah. If, that, if we end up getting a short something, yes. Yeah, I agree. But if it's Dylan Carlson and he's struggling his righties and you move him down, if it's whatever. And I wouldn't mind, honestly, maybe seeing Tyler O'Neill slide to the one hole if he hits the guy really well. I agree. Like you, I think you can use games. I don't like the old school perspective of these are our eight guys. We're rolling this out the whole year because – you have to have a feel for it. I mean, look at what Gabe Kapler did. Darren Ruff led off a game in the postseason. Yeah, oh, I, I like, agree. Is he a leadoff hitter? No, he's not a leadoff hitter. But if you get up there and he hits that guy really well, the way the games work, especially in the postseason, where those guys might only be in for one time through the order anyway, if he can maximize the, his um, capability on that one at bat he gets, I mean, I think you should look more into that. I, I think, honestly, if you're the Cardinals, and, and I like Dolly saying that, I, I think you have four guys that you could plug into that leadoff role throughout the year. Potential on who's hot. You've got DC, who I've been pushing for to be the leadoff guy, but it doesn't mean he's the leadoff guy every day. Obviously, we've seen Tommy have a lot of success, especially from the left side of the plate. Right side. Right side of the plate, sorry. Yeah, from the right side of the plate. Uh, so you, we've seen that. So against lefties, maybe that's really. I'd like to see Harrison Bader get a shot at times. No. When Harrison is going well, he gets on base, he steals bases, he does a lot of things well that I would be okay that if. if if Dylan's not doing it or Tommy's not doing it, I'd be okay with giving him a shot there, and I'd be okay with Tyler in that leadoff yeah. spot. And if you get Carlos Correa, I'm actually okay with Carlos Correa leading off if you the get game Correa, with tanks as well. If you get Carlos Correa, you put him wherever he wants Correct. to play. Correct. But um, the, the thing the thing that I would be careful about with that, and you saw the race struggle with this mightily a lot, is they like to go with that, this guy's hot, Austin Meadows will bat first some games, right. Yandy Diaz even some games. You don't want to create a thing where all of your hot hitters are at the top and all your slow hitters are at the bottom. When you have five through nines and automatic out because guys are struggling, so that's why Harrison Bader he's down there the whole time. When I don't agree hot, with that. He provides thump down there when he's not. He can do something, but if you have, say, you have Tommy and Dylan, they're going to struggle again probably through stretches. If they're batting seven eight, that's a dead spot in your lineup. Uh, yeah, I, again, I think it'll all be. I mean, we're speaking in things that we don't know. Yeah, like we have no idea. We if, also did that see that it affect not, Tommy's confidence. You do have to take into account some people's confidence when you do things like that. Because if you, they were telling Tommy Edmund you're the leadoff hitter every day, and then he comes in one day and he's batting seventh. That you got to be a major. The, I understand that, but the communication might need to be a little bit better than I'm, that. That's, I'm hoping that we have that. So with Ollie. Um, I think we will, and I think he's going to really relate to it. I also liked what he said about not caring about the age, because he said if you if you earn the respect of the guys, your age doesn't matter. And I actually really agree with that because you saw AJ Hinches was a young guy when he came into Houston, mm-hmm. and he had had a terrible. I believe he was in Arizona. I don't remember where he was, but he was he was awful wherever he was managing right before he got to Houston, and he got there and he was really good and he gained the respect of his guys. So I, I, I really li- I like how I like how he's presented himself. I like what he said so far, and I like the fact that the Cardinals aren't going to be this old stagnant Cardinal way Whitey ball team anymore, and maybe use analytics too. That no offense to Whitey Herzog, he was great, right? right but that's not the way the right. game's getting being right. played anymore. Correct. So you need to evolve with the game, and I hope that's the direction they're. There going. is quite a faction on Twitter who believes that it still is played that way, and it's not, and it can be. You can play. You can win. We saw them beat the Brewers in a game right. like that. But if you're gonna play, you can't one, do it over a 162. The thing is that uh, I think teams of are like teams have won one game with hitting less home runs than the other team in the postseason. Yeah, if that doesn't tell you what baseball is today, it's not bunt and run. 
Like, yeah, you can do it with Tommy every once in a while, but it's not. That's just not what it is anymore. Uh, speaking of obviously the Silver Slugger, we're seeing many Cardinals have a lot of success in the Arizona Fall League. Mm-hmm. Lars, I think, led the league in OPS. Yeah. Uh, we saw Yepes. He's still going off. He had a home run yesterday. Gorman, mm-hmm. absolutely tearing it up. There is one other one I am completely missing, and I apologize for that. Jordan Hicks was there. Yeah, well, Jordan he Hicks, I want to talk well. about Hicks. Hicks came home after yeah. two outings. Are we nervous about Jordan Hicks? No, not if they don't try him as a starter or not. Are we, and I'm not why nervous is he about home him. after two appearances? I think maybe that was his plan. Their plan was maybe to I don't know. It did not sound like that was his plan. Now, they are not seeing injury. They said he needed to be home for some reason, which, hey. Well, maybe he had an injury. May, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, it just makes you nervous. Hopefully everything's okay. Correct, absolutely. But the thing that I'm not even worried about Jordan Hicks anymore because I don't expect him to be a 60-outing guy. I don't expect that. Would it be great? Yes, we could use it. But it's almost like a bonus at this point. I'm not going to – And I, that's not an insult to him. It sucks. He needs to gain some weight probably because throwing 103 with a 170-pound body is not going to work. But, um, but I, I really hope he is healthy because he's – I mean, the most potential that you can ever have on a baseball field, honestly, is what that dude has in his arm. But I'm not, I'm not worried because I don't expect, I don't expect him to be there a full season. I'm, I'm incredibly intrigued to see how Ollie weaves what they do with some of these young guys. I really am because if you, if you want to look at it, the future looks really exciting. Now we've said this before. We said this with Piscotty and all of those guys, and we had a couple good years with them. Mm-hmm. You know, the future looked great, and then all of a sudden, all traded away with yep. Piscotty, Gritchick, Fam. Luke Voigt, all those guys are gone. Yeah, Luke Voigt was never really in the plans. He kind of just popped up. Right, I get it. I'm good, but he had, he had some good years in the minor leagues. Also, really Scotty left league. for some tough circumstances. Again, a trade, yes, but a trade that did not need to be made. But to also be yeah, fair, Scotty has not been good his last two years. So yeah. either way, you know what I'm saying. We've heard about the, the future, right? But it does look really good, so I'm really intrigued to see what happens. Now, a lot of talk today. I uh, saw this on Twitter and a lot of other places that it does almost appear inevitable that Albert Pujols is coming to St. Louis next year. Yeah. Do you where where do you stand on the that? The only reason I would ever worry about that is if he's your everyday everyday DH. Now, I don't I don't want him. I'm sorry. I love you Albert. I really do. You did great things while you were here. And if you're going to come here and be okay with being on the bench, which he was okay with when it being in LA, but there wasn't a DH, so I don't know if that would be the same. If they choose him and don't decide to go after a Schwarber or a Cassianos because of it, I have a massive problem with it. I'm not saying they're going to get one of those two guys because they're going to be sought after, especially if the DH is here. But if that hinders, if that's their plan, and they're like, well, that's who we got. I, I'm more concerned with it hindering Yepes and Gorman. I think if we're going to be honest, I, unless they believe those guys still need another year at AAA, because obviously they did lose the COVID year. They don't. 2020. I don't guys, know that. If those two guys start in AAA, I'm going to be incredibly disappointed. I don't you. And if I we think sign Albert Pujols. Yepes is not going to be on our. I, I think I would trade him. He's never going to have higher value, and he may go be great, but he's never going to play over Goldschmidt. He doesn't have a secondary position, and we can't wait six years for him to start. Like We have Goldie for another three years. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing to see what they do there. Uh, I, I am. Yeah, I trade him and someone else keep... for a pitcher. Yeah, I agree. Nick if... Plummer. I mean, we have a lot of outfielders out there. Yes. They may be great, but they're not starting over Tyler O'Neill. They're right. not starting over Dylan Carlson. And Harrison Bader, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. Well, with and him, obviously, but... I, I think Lars has established himself as our fourth outfielder right now. Yeah. So that's why I don't see a Kyle Schwarber in our plans. I love Kyle Schwarber. I love Jack Peterson. I love Adam Duvall. I love all those guys. I just don't see those guys in our future. But uh, they should be. I, but I don't think so because here's the thing. You're not going to carry a fifth outfielder. You're not going to put Lars down the AAA. Well, if we Maybe, are you going to trade him? Even still, you're still not going to carry five outfielders. 
I mean, maybe you do. We carried five outfielders maybe points this year. Maybe you do. So I understand it, but I worry that it's not Schwar- It's not Pujols at the expense of Schwarber or you we're mean, not getting Cassiano. You mean Yepes and Gorman? No, no. I mean Schwarber or Peterson, but it's Schwarber or Peterson at the expense of a shortstop. That's what I worry about. So my priority is shortstop and starting pitcher, not starting pitcher and outfielder. If we're going to be honest. I, I don't agree with that. I think hopefully analytical base means that they're not afraid to go with an opener every once in a while. And maybe give a guy a day off. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to, but it works very well, and it gives starting pitchers another day off. I mean, you saw Max Scherzer, how tired he got. I mean, Wainwright, he was great in that wild card game, but that's because he had seven days off in between. He was not good down the stretch. So I hope that they go uh, I mean, that route. Some not often, but every once in a while. But I don't think they need a starting pitcher. I really don't. I, I do. They have so many guys they have to give a shot to. Libertor needs to get a chance. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if Zach Thompson got a start here or there. And um, Alex Reyes needs to get a shot out there. So I, I don't think starters as – I don't know. I think they need two bats. I, I agree. I, if we're going to be 100% honest, for this team to compete – because we know the Dodgers are going to make a move. They're going to probably sign Max Scherzer. That's my guess. Yeah, I would assume. All right? Um, my guess is as Corey Seager's heading to the Yankees. I, I'm still going to stick on that. And I think they're going to sign Max Scherzer. And they're going to go – we know that they'll spend money. Mm-hmm. The Giants – we don't know what they're going to look like next year. We just don't. The Braves aren't going to get worse. They're going to get better. They get they're going to get better. Right? They're going to get Acuna back, and eventually they're going to get Soroka back. Hopefully. And if you want to compete with those teams, and I know everybody, oh, the Braves only won 88 games. I understand all that crap. They were hurt. Whatever. Here's the thing. You need two bats and an arm. That's the way I honestly look at it. But now, if one of those bats is Albert and you're going to split him at DH with Gorman, okay, that's one of your, that, that is a solution. And I'm actually okay with that. But then go get one of the top five shortstops and then get a number two starting pitcher. Not a number five and move everybody up. You need a number two guy that pairs up between Jack and Dakota that could be incredibly dangerous team if they stay healthy. I'm, as you always I'm worried that they're going to rely on Wayno to be what he was again this you year. You can't. And I know. I, I don't think they should. I'm worried they the will. Thing, if we're going to say, if we're going, if we're going to say, okay, the Cardinals are following the new way of baseball. And the analytics, there's not one analytic that's going to tell you that Adam Wainwright's going to get better in 2022 than he was in 2021. No. You can't find one for me, and if you find it, I'm going to tell you you're probably wrong. The only thing that is is it's his last year, and we're going to you know, go out for I think he's going to be good I, again. I, he'll be fine. But I don't he'll, think he's going to be But he's this. not a number two pitcher in the, in the major no. leagues right Unless now. Unless he pitches like that again. But. Uh, so anyway, I'm kind of interested to see what, what happens on the Albert front. I, I think that there's a lot to do now. Here's what concerns me. Um, obviously, one of the things, the big talks today is, the, the collective bargaining, the CBA, ends December 1st. A lot of concern over a lockout December 2nd, which would impact free agents. It would impact everything. Potentially impacts the start of spring training. I don't know what Major League Baseball has to do. We've talked on here many times. They're in a great spot. I don't know how you can allow that to happen, but I'm really, really fearful that it's going to. I don't think it's going to. I really don't. Um, I'm I'm under the impression that when does free agency start where you can start signing people? It, uh, I think immediately after the, yeah, uh, the so, World Series. So I think that's gonna. I think you're gonna see this year more than last year, a lot of guys sign very early. I think you're gonna see Carlos Correa sign probably by the end of November, and all those guys because instead of waiting around for most money, they're probably gonna be like, uh, we need to get this deal done because I can't sit here and hope that there's not a lockout to where now I'm not getting paid next year. Like they can't do that, so. I think you're going to see guys sign really early. I don't think they're going to go into a lockout. They'll figure it out. I think everyone understands where the league's at. They had the highest ratings in years this year, and it's in a really good spot. I just don't see that. 
I hope that's not what it is. I hope I, I, a lot of the things I've read say the opposite of what you're saying. That no one's going to sign because they don't know what the CBA is going to look like. They don't know what their teams are going to look like. They don't know anything. Now, I hope you're right. And I hope that cooler heads prevail. But we know when we're dealing with unions and we're dealing with owners, it does seem that it has always been a problem. We cannot go back to 1994. That's what I know. That can't happen. Uh, just because there's a lockout does not mean we're going back to 1994. But you can't put spring training in jeopardy. Uh, that... that Changes everything with pitchers. That just can't happen. What so, would be the reasoning for the lockout? Well, this, the, if there's not I a collective there's a bargaining CBA, deal, the, the new one ends December 1st. So if there is no extension, there is no baseball agreement. I know, but why would they not have an extension? I don't understand the... st- They've let it go on and on and on, and so there's still nothing. Now we're going to get up to the, the 24th, hour, 24th hour. Is that the right expression? Whatever. Yeah. The last hour. And I don't, I don't know. I just don't I'm get hopeful. why they're so far apart and what they want. I mean, players want one thing and owners want another. You know what the owners want? They compromise. Like it's, well, that's when you're dealing with billions upon billions upon billions of dollars. That's never the yeah, nobody when, compromises. When you're talking, I think they're gonna. I think the thing that might hold them back is I'm gonna assume the players are gonna try and get the minimum wage. I say that I've their minimum payment. I'm right. a, uh, up by quite a bit. Probably maybe even to eight hundred thousand to a million, because there are a lot of other leagues that have that. And for it to be five hundred thousand for anybody in Major League Baseball, Pete Alonso, Dylan Carlson, to be making five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand dollars, that is ridiculous. There are a lot of people out there right now yelling at you. Yeah, well, those people don't bring in billions of dollars to a corporation. I understand. I understand. And there are a lot of people who will tell you, well, they're playing a game. Well, yeah, but now we relative. do know one thing that was cool was obviously the MLB teams. We'll provide housing to minor leaguers in 2022. That's awesome. That's a massive step in that's the right awesome. direction. Uh, minor league players get screwed so badly. You think that's an attempt to try and smooth things over? Maybe I'm hoping I, it's going to be an interesting month after the World Series. Which let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get into the World Series. I really do. I don't know enough to talk about the lockouts. I don't like talking about the lockouts. I want everything to continue as it is on the on the up swing where baseball I feel like is heading. I don't want to see anything, owners, players, unions, come into anything to derail that. I really think it's going to be fine. I think I think there's going to be a lot of drama for a month, and I think it's going to be fine. I hope so. I, I'm not nearly as optimistic as I think as it's you, going to be done by the winter meetings. But I hope you're right. Which Good. is middle of, middle of December. I think. Well, I it think, needs to be done before then. Because if we go to a lockout, there will not be winter meetings. Well, I think they'll figure it out. So, I don't know. That's what I'm happen. saying. It needs to be done before December 1st. Otherwise, there will not be winter meetings. That's coming there will up, not be, man. Spring training, there will... I I'm mean, hoping they have a bunch of meetings set up for after the World I, Series. I assume that they do. And I, I have to Do you know who the Cons representative is? I is do not. Wayne, probably Wayno. Don't know that. I d- actually, I kind of doubt it. Go ahead and go to the next... It's probably topic. a middle reliever. <laughs> no, it's normally the big guys. I don't know. Walker Buehler is the one for the Dodgers. Oh, well, and he's a young guy. So maybe it's a young guy. They probably made him do it. Right. Uh, all right, let's get to the World Series as it, it's getting ready to kick off tonight uh, in Houston. Right, uh, Astros, Dodgers, Astros, Braves. My apologies. I have been on the Braves bandwagon since the Cardinals were eliminated. I'm going to continue to ride that train. I am all in. If anybody gets a chance today, go to the Players Tribune, read the article that Jock Peterson posted. I have been riding the Jock train for a long, long time. Jocktober is in full effect. The, everything about him, he continues. I tweeted earlier. He continues to rise up the ranks as one of my favorite players. And I'll tell you what, a lot of times in, in the World Series, it feels like the DH is at a detriment to the National League. It is not for the Atlanta Braves. They have four stud outfielders. 
that with Soler back, and all four of them are in the lineup tonight. Yeah, and that's where they want to be. By the before we get Andrew Miller was the guy for the. Okay, it's like he's I, like he's the main rep too. Him and Daniel Murphy. This is from 2019. Don't listen to me. Never. He mind. might still be though. But it um, might be Andrew Miller. I mean, yeah, those. I mean, you want those four in the lineup. I mean, Eddie Rosario's the hottest hitter in the world right now, and he's batting sixth tonight. Uh, fifth or sixth? I think fifth tonight. Fifth tonight, and that's because there's a lefty, and I am concerned a little bit about them um, playing Soler over Peterson or Rosario when they get back to Atlanta because those guys have been spark plugs for them. I don't think you can take those two out, even if you're facing Framber Valdez in a game six. Yeah, I mean, so, game five or game Soler four. back in the leadoff spot. Uh, Rosario is hitting fifth. Duvall sixth. Darno seventh. Uh, small D. Little D. Little D. Little D for those of you out there. And then Jock, when you have Jock Peterson and Dansby hitting eight nine, I mean – that, that's a, a really strong thing. And the the bigger concern for me than what outfielder are you going to sit is Jordan Alvarez is going to have to play left field when they go to Atlanta. And we saw Jordan Alvarez try to play left field. And I've seen a lot of people try to play left field that weren't left fielders, i.e. Chris Duncan, RIP, one of our all-time favorites. And Matt Holiday. And, and it does not – it doesn't work out well. No. And he's bad in left field. Yeah, he's bad, but his – his bat is so good. You I understand. To. I'm just saying that that but, hurts them more than the not, Braves. That's not even so all of it much. either, Dad, because that means they have to move Michael Brantley to right. Correct. Michael Brantley can't throw the ball or catch it half that the time. That is correct. And that means Kyle Tucker will play center. Kyle Tucker is a good fielder. though. He'll, he'll be, be fine, fine in center. Yeah, yeah, Kyle Tucker will be fine in center. Uh, obviously, I do think Chaz McCormick's your best defensive outfielder on they're that team. But they're not going to They haven't even playing him anyway. Well, he's starting tonight. Oh, they are playing Jose Siri last series. But I do think, you know, I'm taking – I'm going to go ahead – I like the matchup tonight. Great matchup. Valdez, who's been nails against Charlie Morton, who playoff Charlie. We know that he always shows up to big games. I'm worried about Framber tonight. I'm I'm taking I'm taking the Braves in seven. I think it goes seven. Which you know you would say, well, then it has to go back to Houston. You're going to win in Houston. I yeah. I'm Nationals taking the, did. I'm taking the Braves in seven. I just feel like there's something special about that team. What what Matzik is doing out of the bullpen is unbelievable. The, the two innings he threw the other night were two of the greatest innings I've ever seen a reliever come Here, in but throw here's the thing. under that pressure. I'm incredibly worried about him. Why? He's facing almost all righties. I understand. And if you're telling me, I mean, he might be good, but if you're going to throw him all seven games, which is what they've been doing with him, and you're going to tell me Altuve, Bregman, Correa, whomever he faces in that heart of that order is not going to clip him once, I don't believe you. I think what you have to hope if you're Brian Snitker is you either start him an inning where Michael Brantley leads off because then he gets Brantley, Bregman, and or Alvarez, so you yeah. get two lefties. Or you get him to close an inning where he only has to get maybe one or two outs. But that's the thing because if they're going to win, he's going to have to get them all out of the I, I agree. But also what's going to have to happen is um, Will Smith's going to have to be nails. And, oh my goodness, who am I forgetting? I just lost his name. Luke Jackson's going to have to step up. He was not good in the, in the NLCS Overworked. at all. And... I'm sure that he's tired. Hopefully the, the few days off helped. Yeah. But he's going to need to be good. You're going to need Morton, Freed, and Ian Anderson to be quality stars. But on the other side, Houston's it's not like Houston's bringing out one of the greatest bullpens of all time either. They have a good bullpen. Their rotation's bad. And that, that really, I think the Braves, game too. I think the Braves have an advantage on the, on the um, rotation, rotation by yeah. a lot. But I like Houston's lineup a lot more. I don't. See, I, I know I, you do. I, just, I have been riding this Braves, and I will say I don't. I'm not trying to say I look at me, but I have been riding this Braves lineup for about a month now. It's good. It's a and good lineup all the way through the playoffs. I just think when you're looking at Soler, Freeman, and Albies at, at the top, 
I mean, Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, there's not a lot of difference there. There is. In fact, I think I'm going to take the Braves over that. No. I, I am. I mean, you got the best second baseman in baseball, potentially. Ozzy Albies, right. Okay, you got the two best second basemen in baseball. Right. But, I mean, you got the best second baseman in the American League. Um, bang first. And then you've got... Who's back second? Michael Brantley, one of the best hitters in all of baseball. I, I agree. But, but then you Freeman. go for Alex Bregman, who we've seen what he does in the World Series. Out of those there. six guys, Freddie Freeman's the best hitter. It's not even close. Yeah, but out of those six guys, Jorge Soler's the worst hitter. And it's not even close. I disagree. It's not even close. I, it's not even close to Soler's being Soler's had a much better year than Bregman. I love Bregman. Bregman was Bregman. hurt for two months. I get it. Well, Soler was in Kansas City Oh, for yeah, four. he was the one of the worst hitters he, in baseball right, for all of them. since he's been in Atlanta... He's been a different no, guy. That, and then when you you're looking at... When, I mean, I think both lineups are really, really you good. You can't say Jorge Soler is even close to the stratosphere of those other five guys. You know what I'm saying. But I'm he's not, not close. Okay, but you know what and I'm you saying. you keep going on the order. Kyle Tucker's better than any hitter that's after those guys in the Braves in the Braves lineup. He is better I than Austin Ro- Riley, who might no, win the MVP. No, he's fourth. I mean, like, five through nine. No, he might not. Eddie ask. Rosario, who just won the NLCS. Yeah, he's hot, but Kyle Tucker's a better hitter by a lot. I'm just telling you, and I know you got Correa there. I think both lineups are great, but when you look at the bottom... When you look at the bottom of the Astros, with Gurriel, yes, he gets hits. I get it. He had the highest average I, I in the American I understand that. I'm not, I'm not downing him, so calm down. But then you look at Chaz McCormick and Martin Maldonado versus Darno, Peterson, and Swanson. I'm sorry. I'll take that bottom, the Braves' bottom, any day and twice on Sunday over well, Darno and Swanson have both been really bad. Uh, not They've been equally as bad. I will still, they have not been equally as bad as Chaz McCormick and Martin Dansby Maldonado. Swanson's been terrible Maldonado hit like one, 140 this year. I'm talking about this postseason. Again, this year doesn't matter I know, anymore. But but if you're gonna if you're gonna discount the heat going in, then you have to discount well, the cold going. Okay, in. Okay, well then you got to. It's a new. We're gonna say Jorge Soler's on the same level as the other guys. But he hasn't I played did, in weeks. That's not what I said. That he's on the same. You said level. he was better. I didn't. I said he was the worst, and you said I, you disagreed. I, all I'm saying is he was hot coming in. He was hot until he had the COVID bout. He was incredibly hot. He was hitting bombs. It seemed like regularly. Yeah, that doesn't matter anymore. I get it. It's a week off. You know. So then, well so do, then you matter. can't say. That Swanson and Darno are cold. They are cold. Okay, but but Soler's not hot because he hasn't played in weeks. You understand what I'm saying? You can't say you can't discount the hot players coming okay, in. Okay, I can't but not discount I don't, the cold players. I don't think Soler's hot. He hasn't okay. played in a week. Okay. Again, I played. I mean, go play summer ball and play on the weekends every week and see if it translates. It does not. This is not summer ball. No, it's way harder. So we'll see. Again, I like the depth and the length of the Braves lineup. More than I like the Astros. I think the Astros lineup is incredible. When you look at Alvarez, Correa, and Tucker, 4, 5, 6, that's I mean, awesome. But you know what? If you look Riley, Rosario, and Duvall, that's also awesome. I'm not saying it's the same. I'm not. But it is equally as strong when they're hot. I don't agree. And when and you're facing the pitching of the Astros. Yeah. Here's why I don't agree. I think lefties, lefties are tough because you don't want them to face a lefty because they can't hit them. But if you were to pick three lefties to go 2, 4, 6 for you... I mean, who are you going to pick any three lefties in the game over those three? No. I mean, no, they no, no, all no, hit no, lefties I, incredibly well. Yeah. You can't pitch them. You can't pitch them. They can score in any way. Anyone in their lineup besides, I mean, McCormick can, but Maldonado's just there for defense. But he's a game changer there. But in the top seven of the lineup in Houston, I mean, you can't pitch any of them any sort of way with any guy. I almost You can throw to Jock Peterson with a lefty. He's not doing shit. Jack Peterson hits lefties incredibly well. He doesn't. He bats like 200 this year. I don't think that's true. It is. All right, let's look that up because I don't believe that that is true. And, I mean, you look, Eddie Rosario, he's been really hot against lefties, but historically not great against lefties. Adam Duvall is a really good hitter against both. Darno's streaky, but he's been bad since he came back. 849 OPS against lefties. Okay, so I apologize about the Jack Peterson comment. I was wrong there. He has hit lefties much better lately. But, again, not to where I, I assumed that it had been. Obviously, I knew he struggled his entire career. 
but was wrong there. So that's all right. Either way, we both believe that I I, I said this earlier, and I'll say it again. I think it's going to be a high scoring. I think it's going to be a high scoring series. Yeah, I think it will too. I, but it's going to be. I don't know. It's going to be a weird series because I you look at Houston's team and you're going to kind of be like, how are they going to do this? Because when you got you're facing Morton, Freed, and Ian Anderson, and then you're bringing out Framber. Urquidy's pitching Urquidy game too. and Garcia, like yeah. yikes, and that's not. And then who they go after game? Yeah, three. losing Lance McCullers really, really hurts it does. Them. But I mean, they found a way to do it against the Red Sox, so I'm not going to doubt them. But no. I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it. They like the thing that I think is really funny is that there was a story in Boston. There was a, they were building a storyline, a storybook season that they've done many times before of winning a championship when they weren't supposed to. Houston said we don't care, ended it like that. So. If you're Atlanta, <laughs> I don't know if this is a team you want to be having your Cinderella story a year when you're, you're going to face them. Because they don't give a shit about your Cinderella story at all. Houston obviously has something to prove, but it sure feels like Atlanta does too. I, I'm really excited about the series. I think it's going to be good. And honestly, I'm going to – I know people hate Houston. I get it. I'm over it. You don't have to, You don't have to be over it if you don't want to. You have the right to still be mad. I don't blame you at all. I'm over it. I think they're fun. And I want Alex Bregman to win another ring, to be honest with you. I, but I don't want either team to lose. <laughs> but someone's going to have to lose. Right. So that's. So again, I wouldn't be mad if time. either team lost. I'm won. picking the Braves in seven. Give the fans your pick. I'm going to go Astros in seven. Okay. I think the series is going seven. I don't see. I don't see a major advantage either way through either team. I think there's slight advantages. I think the Braves have a decently sized advantage in the starting rotation. But after the first three, and Ian Anderson's been shaky this postseason. It's it's iffy, and then you go to the Astros. I think they have a little bit of a bullpen advantage because they're not so overworked, and they have more guys that have been there more times than um, the Braves guys have. And I think the lineups are close to even. I would give Houston a slight edge, but I think it's a very it's a very I have never seen as even of a matchup as this probably yeah, is. I'm excited. I'm really excited for it. Uh, I've said it before. Nothing beats October baseball, and I'm glad that it's two fun teams. I could have been. I mean, I'm so glad the Dodgers aren't in it. No offense to them. Could I know have been Dodgers great. Red Sox. I wasn't going to watch really, it. Really, <laughs> really glad that it worked out the way it is. Okay, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we got to pay some bills here. We will be back to talk a few other things on the other side. Once again, like I said before, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, more underscore noble. You can obviously give us a follow on Facebook. Uh, do us do us a favor on your five star on your uh, ratings thing, whatever podcast sure. platform you're using. Give us a five-star rating. We greatly appreciate that. Please hang on. We will be back in just a minute, and we'll talk to you soon. The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know. Welcome back, everybody, to the More You Noble Sports Podcast. I am Mike Noble, joined across the table from me by... Cab Noble. And we are, uh, thank you once again, well, we're happy to have you guys back. Thank you very much for, for sitting through and... Coming back to join us, we got uh, we covered baseball in the first half. We want to hit a few more things. We'll, we're going to start the second one with something we almost never, ever do, and that's Blues hockey. You're going to have to really run this one <laughs> because, as everybody knows, here's the thing. Uh, Caleb got, his op- got the opportunity to go to his first Blues game Saturday night, got a dub. Uh, Blues sitting 4-0 and right now. and looking 5-0 re- right now and looking, see, there you go, looking really good. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the first time in their career of um, existence. Being 5-0 to start a season, which is crazy to think about because they've been in the playoffs a lot, especially in recent years. But, I mean, they've been really good. Bennington looks really good. Billy Huso got his first start last night and got a shutout, 
Well, it doesn't happen very often. Obviously, the king's son. His name is what? Vili Huso. Like, his first name is Vili, and his last name is Huso? Correct. His first name is Vili. Vili. And his last name is Huso. Correct. Okay. Um, Tarasenko's good again. Three goals, two yesterday. One was insane. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Hopefully, he's back and he wants to stay. I don't know what's going on with him. He's a diva, it seems like. But, I mean, they're, they've been really good. I mean, David Perron's a freak. Yeah, talk about that game. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, I was there when he got the hat trick. He now has five goals and four goals in five games. Barbashev has three or four also. Barbashev's been really good. Look at me dropping the hockey knowledge. Yeah, dropping the knowledge. That's all and, I've got. I mean, obviously, Justin Falk's been really good. Our defense is really good. Pareko's a terrifying human. Is to everybody Justin that comes related to Marshall? He's No, he's white. Oh, okay. He's not related. Okay. No, but they've been really good, and it's exciting. I, I wish you would get more into it. I'm going to try. I watched a game by myself last night. All my friends tell me the same thing. It's a lot of fun to, to watch, and, and they're, I, re- they're really fun to go to. It was my first game. Yeah, I do enjoy I do enjoy watching the Blues. I just have yet to be able to get into the NHL. If it's the NBA, it's the NFL, it's Major League Baseball, I know almost every player on every team. I know ever. I know four guys, five guys, six guys on the Blues. And you know more than that, probably, but not. I a lot. would assume you know more than that. I would hope maybe ten. I, I bet a lot of guys you would name too probably aren't there anymore. <laughs> Does Brett Hull still play? No. What about Chris Pronger? I don't even know who that is. Oh my. Okay, now that's something <laughs> that you're going to have to learn. Federico doesn't play either. Look, he's not on the team no. anymore. Okay, but right. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's really exciting. I think they have the legitimate shot to go pretty far this year. Obviously, five zero and zero is a really good start. They play the Avalanche this um, coming up Wednesday or Thursday. That's a really big game. Colorado's so, very good. Correct. Colorado's really good. That's right. a home game, and then they play another. They play the Blackhawks on to Saturday. Be the Winnipeg Jets, the Colorado Avalanche. Winnipeg Jets are still a team. No, they're back to a team. Well, I don't know. Okay. I don't, my hockey history is not great. They were they were that or they were the Quebec Nordiques. So if someone can inform me on that, I'm not going to look it up. But yeah, anyway. so it's going to be an exciting weekend for them. I mean, Avalanche and Blackhawks; those are two really big games. The place was hopping on. First game back since 2019, it was on Saturday, right? Yeah, Saturday. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. It was my first game ever, so that was exciting. And Perron getting a hat trick in the did in my you first throw game. your hat? I did not. Okay, it was a forty-five dollar cardinal hat i wasn't throwing it <laughs> and i the way my bank account is i can't afford the nice seats right so i wasn't it wasn't gonna get there anyway i was just gonna hit some poor fan on the bottom mike godar's promise to get you know his bets are promising yeah to make you money and we've yet to get you a new starter yeah yeah that's true and if he would have made me some money <laughs> maybe i would have thrown my hat on the ice when peron made his turn goal yeah i mean this is a it's a cyclical thing that the the ball rolls downhill yeah so here you we mean go shit rolls downhill uh maybe sure one other thing that we have to hit on uh, just a little bit is, obviously, last week, Caleb talked about going to University of Illinois, mm-hmm. and I told, I said, on our show, Brad Underwood better get you on staff. Little did I know that it was Brad Bielema who should have got you on staff, or he doesn't even need me on staff. was in just form. Yes. I almost feel like the admissions office sent it over and said, look who, look who is now a student. And because of that, Illinois played in one of the ugliest college football games I've ever seen in my life. Eight overtime. And have a new rule that I didn't even know existed. Had no idea that after the second overtime you start going I didn't to, know that either. to why in the world that was off. So, first of all, shout out to Illinois and Brett Bielema for beating Penn State. That was awesome. At, at Happy Valley. What the hell, Penn State, by the way? Right. How right. does that happen? No clue. It, it was the ugliest. Each team missed guys that, that I feel like middle school offenses would have made the play. Yeah, but they can't. Illinois does not have a quarterback. How how are you at the University of Illinois and you don't have one guy who can play quarterback? It's confusing, right? How do you get 
And no offense to their quarterback. No, he's Actually, bad. some offense. Because how the hell do you get to a Division One school, the biggest school in the state of Illinois, which has Chicago, it has a lot of decently sized cities here with good talent, and you're that bad at, at football? How How is he there? I, I what did they see in it? I don't know. What's Doesn't that confuse going on? you too, though? Like that's I, that's I, such I, a that's massive said, university. I'm, I'm How are you so bad? Confused. Uh, one thing I will say is they do have a guy who scored in one of the one of their two point conversions, <laughs> uh, Isaiah Williams from Trinity High School over here in St. Louis, yeah. who is electric, and he was a quarterback in high school. Why are we not just putting that guy and lining him up and running wildcat, and running the ball forty times? Because they they ran the ball right down Penn State's throat. Yeah, they had I don't know if it was. Almost or over 300 yards uh, running the ball, but they cannot throw the ball at all. No, you got to wonder how a team like Penn State, who's legitimately before this game had a shot, they were ranked seventh. Yeah, they had, a, they had a shot to maybe get into. Yeah, if you run the, the table four. and you win the Big Ten championship, you have an outside. Yeah, chance. and that has to be a game that not only do you win, you have to win big. You have to win by 20 at least. I, I, I mean, I think maybe so. even 30. And I you out so. there and you lose and. Eight or what was it, nine overtimes? Hey, maybe this turns the U of I tides. And look, I, I like Brett Bielema. He was very successful at Wisconsin. Not nearly as successful as everybody thought he was going to be at Arkansas. But the guy knows football. We know that. And it seems like he's surrounded himself by some good coaches. I'm hoping that now we start to get his players in and he can mesh those with the guys. Lovey left the cupboard sort of empty. Let's be yeah. honest. Um, but, but what a great win. Here's what I don't understand. This overtime rule. So you have to go to one end... And Illinois gets the ball first. And if they don't get the two-point conversion, or even if they do, we go all the way to the other end of the field for Penn State to run it. And then if they do the same as Illinois, we come all the way back. I don't understand it. And why are we not... Look, was was the reason to speed up the game? Is that what it was? Because two-point conversions, you don't get that often? Look, let's go back to the old rule of let's play three overtimes where you can kick the extra point. After that, you have to go for two if you score a touchdown. Let, let's yeah. do that. Well, if you want to speed up, just make it to where you have to go for two every time after you score a touchdown. This, but to just do two-point conversions? Did not. Why? Dumb. It's like, it's like, have you seen the— One play. What's the greatest game in the last 10 years of college football that everyone talks about? The Mayfield versus Mahomes game? Correct. So do you just not want that to happen I know, again? Like, I know. What is, that, and that was electric. If you're Penn State, if you're a Penn State fan, because Penn State has no excuses for what happened, if you're a Penn State fan, you got to believe that you probably would have won that game if you were just going for a touchdown. Absolutely. Or a field goal. Yeah, I mean, we do. I think Illinois does have a pretty good field goal kicker, but again, but I'm just saying, like, I, like you have, feel pretty confident. There in was, chances. there was a, 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 a the quarterback's rolling out to the right, and the the running back is wide open in the end zone, <laughs> and the quarterback just keeps running. I'm yelling <laughs> at the TV. Just literally, you could have underhanded him the ball, and it would have been a game, game over. He waits till three guys come to him, and the ball gets deflected, and no, and then he throws it short of the guy. Then the one that they did win on. I'm watching from my chair, and you know that my football co- coaching knowledge is very low. I can see the tight end come wide open across the It felt like he was wide open for 10 seconds before he threw the ball. What is he? I don't Illinois, Bielema, go get a quarterback, please. You cannot win without a quarterback. It's that easy. We're going to get in like... And I mean a star quarterback. You yeah. need... Uh, get one uh, of the Chicago... Get Juice Williams. Can we get him back? Does he have a kid? Get Juice Williams' kid back. <laughs> get, one, get Arch Manning. Right, yeah. Can we go get Arch... <laughs> 
Right. Can the people at U of I, right, we want arts on their, their stomach. I don't know what they'd have to give him to come there, but not, it wouldn't, there, be, there it, it wouldn't be legal, I don't there's think. Not Whatever it is, no, it would not, not be legal. He was at Texas, I think, over the weekend, or was he there last weekend? I saw I'd him be shocked walking. if he goes to Texas. Well, yeah, with that Texas joining the SEC, I don't know. That, that could be an interesting thing. He can go thing. anywhere. I, I, yeah. I mean, LSU seems perfect for him. I just Absolutely. Don't think he's do it. Seems, I, I mean, don't from know. New Orleans. His family's from New Orleans. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but you've got ties to Tennessee. You've got ties to Ole Miss. Yeah, Very strong as of Manning weekend this weekend um, at Ole Miss. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Is he the most talked about college quarterback ever? I mean, high school quarterback he's, ever? That I can remember, he's one of them. And it's obviously because of his I relatives. Think, yes, right. I mean, you got two Hall, future Hall of Fame, well, ones then. And Eli May is going to get in. He shouldn't, but he's going to. Oh, he definitely should. He shouldn't, but that's Well, that, yeah, we can talk about that later. But either way. Uh, okay, one thing I do want to talk about really quickly, we don't spend that much time on this, because I really don't want to, and I don't think you probably want to either. But is this college, look, one thing that drives me crazy, and I've said this all along, and the people come out of the woodwork, well, it's, it's a separate division that runs the playoffs. It's not the NCAA. I understand that. College football, can we do something about the rankings? Look, in college basketball, it's what makes college basketball great. Obviously, the early rankings don't mean anything. And if you're good, if you're good and you're undefeated, you're going to be ranked near, at or near the top Gonzaga. in college basketball. Baseball, same way. College football, same way. How in the world do we have a team that's undefeated, 8-0, and and I know they don't play in one of the Power Fives, 8-0, and what, what, there's nothing more you could ask them to do, mm-hmm. with a win over Illinois, by the way, and they are ranked 23rd in the nation. Penn State, who just lost to Illinois, who Texas San Antonio beat, is 5-2 and two and ahead of them. Yeah. It's, what it's, are we doing? It's stupid. Because at this point, just let them be in Division Two, then, so they have a chance to play for something. That's it. That's it. If you want to have two subsections of Division One, then let's do that. Let's have the Power Five, and then let's have everybody else. Because it's not what are they called the Group of Eight, or well, I don't even know what they're called. Who knows? There's a name of them. I should Group of Five, Group of Six the little, little of the other body. conferences. Let them have that. You've got right now. You've got UTSA, eight and zero. They can't do anything else. All they can do is win the games. And you're telling them, I'm sorry. So Larry, don't bomb. I'll wait. <laughs> he wasn't hot. He might He's, be now. He might have. Stayed, he might have just stayed hot. <laughs> yeah, it's his first home run of the postseason. He, he came right out of the COVID his cave. First home run he the came right out of the COVID cave and went yard. First home run of the postseason. All right. Either way, you got SMU seven and zero. They're ranked nineteenth. How we've got Wake Forest. Wake Forest is in the Power Five. They're seven and zero and they're ranked thirteenth. Look, I understand that these teams with one loss are probably better. I get it. Michigan State, Big Ten. And obviously they have a big test. They have Michigan this weekend. They're seven and zero. They're ranked eighth. Michigan is ahead of them with a loss. No, I apologize. Michigan's also seven and zero. Oregon ahead of them. Ohio good. State ahead ahead of them with a loss. Oklahoma's eight and zero. Alabama's number three with a loss. If you're gonna do that, then just just let them play harder teams. But the problem here's the thing: harder teams don't want to play them because they don't want to get they don't want to lose to them. They want to play the really bad Division One yeah. teams. Right, so UTSA goes and plays Illinois. Should be a loss on everybody's schedule, except they beat Illinois because they're really good. They're eight and zero. I don't know what else you want these teams to do. I said this with Central Florida before when they went thirteen and zero, and you didn't even give them a chance to play for a national title. You're telling so many of these teams in college football, thank you for all of your money, thank you for all your donations, thank you for all of this, and and, and the big teams will give you money for your schools, but you have no chance to win a natty. And it's the only it's the only sport Doesn't that make is like sense. that. Now, hopefully, next year with expanding or whenever we go to twelve, that will help. But this is embarrassing. 
college football's got to clean it up. Yeah. They have to clean it's up. It's been ridiculous. It, it's not. It, it's not good for the game. No, and I know everybody, everybody will tell me, "Well, Alabama's definitely better than UTSA." I understand that on paper and everything else. But guess what? They have a loss, and UTSA doesn't. I am not by no means suggesting that I think UTSA beats Alabama. But I don't know. Also, I don't know. Also, isn't the point that if they let everybody have a shot to to win a championship? that maybe less people would go to Alabama every year and there'd be people going to every college around the country that they want to go to because they know they have a chance to do I something mean, there. potentially. Like it would definitely affect not, it. Let's not forget Boise State beat Oklahoma. Let's not forget UCF beat Auburn. Boise let's State's forget, been screwed over so much Utah forever. Utah won, won a big bowl game, one of the big bowl games when Urban Meyer was there. So everybody who can say, well, they, they're not as good. On paper, you're probably – there's no doubt on paper you're correct. But that doesn't mean anything. And that's what makes the college basketball tournament and the college baseball and the college softball tournament and the Division One AA football tournament so great. Yeah. It's just there's, – there's no Cinderella stories in football. None. None. And it's, it's ridiculous. And it's, it's almost dumb. predestined from the – now, to be fair, Cincinnati does have a chance. Right now they're, they're ranked second. Yeah. I hope they get in. Me too. Be, and they're going to have to go undefeated. I've been on their train all year too. I like Cincinnati. Yeah. I think they're, I, I, they're a really fun team to watch. And uh, I'm hoping that they end up getting in there. Okay, let's hit a little bit, uh, just a little bit of the NFL. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this, obviously. But last night, awful game. Mm-hmm. But but a win. A win nonetheless. A win's so a win. We, we watched the Saints play terrible at Carolina and get drubbed after they just killed Green Bay. Then we saw the, the disaster against the Giants. Multiple penalties, multiple bad calls, uh, multiple missed kicks, everything else. This team could easily be five five and one. Now they're four and two, and and going in to play Tampa Bay. They could Bay easily this be undefeated. They could be. They like, could there's be. no reason. Because Carolina now without McCaffrey Carolina is bad. Carolina's just not good. They're bad. Like Sam Donald bad again. He's yeah, bad really bad. bad. He got pulled yeah. this week. He's back to um, bad. Here's what I know. Jameis at times last night looked great. At other times he looks lost. We do not have a wide receiver that can catch the ball. No. Drake wants Smith, and, and I said I was hoping he became. Ted Ginn and Matt, Matt Stewart said, we've been saying this forever. He's not going to be. He is bad. Marcos Callaway, not very good. Well, Callaway just can't get – it seems like Callaway can't get open. It seems like Jameis can't throw anybody open. We need Michael Thomas back. And you we need Hill Taysom start. Hill back. No, I don't believe that. Jameis, Jameis like, leads – he has a really good third down percentage. Uh, he looks good with a lot of things. He has a really good in the red zone, whatever. But also, here's the other thing that drives me crazy. And you and I have talked about this as Saints fans for a while. Everything is rolling with Alvin Kamara. And then for three straight downs in the in the red zone, we have Jameis Winston throw the ball. Sean Payton. Yes, and I like it's Sean Payton. Mind numbing. But the thing with him, he's gotten he's been able to get away with the stupid shit that he's done, and he's done things where we've been like, "That's dumb," but it works because he has a lot of talent. He's not used to having a roster, at least in this the last five five years ish, that doesn't have very many talented players. It doesn't have multiple game changers on every side of the ball. It doesn't have that. Like when Michael Thomas was rolling, they had Emmanuel Sanders, and they had or Ted Ginn, who was here before Emmanuel Sanders, and back when Drew Brees made his resurgence to being great again for like two or three years, he had a lot of options and he could do that. And yeah, maybe it was bad. He had Mark Ingram. He had two great running backs, but Drew Brees will bail you out because he would make the make the throw. James Winston's not going to bail you out. If you make a bad play call, it's going to be bad. It's going to not turn out the way you want. Yeah, he had some baffling throws last he night. He li- it's just he does. I think the worst thing that might have ever happened to Sean Payton, and he's great. He's probably going to go in the professional football. Absolutely, he is. But was getting an onside kick and actually recovering it. <laughs> because, good God, I don't know. 
I don't know why he starts, tries to outthink people so, so much. Like the old saying, they're playing checkers and he's playing chess. Well, I think he's trying to play 3D chess <laughs> on a checkers board. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking shot. I love Sean Payton. He's awesome. I don't want but him to leave does, New Orleans. No, me either. But he. But does there are times that I do question things. Again, I've talked on here about my football coaching knowledge, so I, I do. You still criticize that. him though. I mean, right. He does overthink hey, things. But he's here's like, the thing: they he's won. known for that. They did win. Here's but they won two. But scoring 13 points against a bad defense. Oh, Seattle's bad. But they're really bad. Geno Smith is and then, really Dad, bad. And then Dad this weekend on Halloween. I know Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is coming to town. Yeah. If you score, I'm sorry, but if you score 13 against Tampa Bay, you're gonna get destroyed. you're gonna get washed. Here's the one thing about about the Saints: their defense is really good. If it wasn't for Marshawn Lattimore falling down last night and on a long DK Metcalf touchdown, he just completely fell down. A great coverage, he just slipped and fell. He's so good on a wet field. That that, that I mean, Seattle scores one field goal all night long. That, that they're healthy. Quan Alexander's back. They're getting everybody back. Lattimore looks healthy. Again, they're getting they're getting that team ready to go. Malcolm Jenkins with a big sack last night. Uh, that defense is potent. I'm at, I, I'm excited to watch the game this weekend. And, and speaking of Tampa Bay, we've got to talk about Tom Brady in the 600th touchdown pass. Yep. He has 21 so far through seven weeks. He leads the league in passing with over 2,200 passing yards. They didn't have Gronk. They didn't have AJ or I mean Antonio Brown. No problem. We'll just keep throwing to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Cameron Brait and, and OJ Howard just been an and Leonard animal. Fournette is a beast. He's back to what playoff he was Lenny is Jacksonville back. and Jacksonville's first year. He's back to that. He looks good. And uh, you know, for everybody who thought this was going to be Ronald Jones' breakout year, no. uh, Lenny Lenny it's said, "Forget a, that. Yeah. I so I got this. I got it's this." Not. And I'm um, yeah. Tom Brady is ridiculous. He's giving <laughs> a guy a Bitcoin for. Yeah. A Bitcoin and a, like thousands of dollars worth of stuff. Yeah. So Mike Evans was giving him a pair of cleats. Yeah. Shout out to those guys. That's cool. But also shout out to the guy for giving the ball back yeah. and not hiding. Like Salvador Perez hit that monumental home run to pass Johnny Bench for most homers all time by a catcher. And the guy kept the ball and walked out of the stadium. I'm not going to lie. That's what I would have asked for. Right now I'll let you address this if you want. You, you get that opportunity, and obviously it was so funny to watch. Did you see Mike Evans on the sidelines? Yeah. When, somebody, when the guy told him that was number 600, he was visibly like flabbergasted. He's like, oh, shit. He had no idea. And the funny thing was he dropped the ball in the end zone. And then when he went back to get it, I thought, oh, he realized that's 600. Nope. Nope. It <laughs> went right to a fan. But either way, what I would have asked for, here's all I would have wanted. I'd want an authentic Brady autographed jersey yeah. with a nice little message on it. It doesn't have to be long. Something. I'm not going to sell it. I would never sell it. It would go on a wall. And I want a uh, Mike Evans one as well because that's a 600 touchdown. And then here's what I'm asking for. I want quality, high-level seats, high-quality seats. For the rest of my life, I want two season okay, tickets. Okay, he can't do that. Though. Sure, you can. You most certainly can. Guys have asked for that. Asked for multiple years of season tickets with uh, with baseballs that they've caught and everything else. That's what I would ask for, and I think I would have gotten that with no problem. The what is Tony Romo doing? Saying he should ask for a date with Giselle. Is Tony Romo losing his that's mind? That's funny. That's a joke. <laughs> yeah, but he just kept going on about it. Like, okay, <laughs> that's not going to happen. No, right, mm-hmm. Tony? We get the joke, but come on. <laughs> yeah, what no. would you What would you ask for? I would ask for him to get me a Drew Brees signed jersey, and I'd say, go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, I you still wouldn't. hate you. You would not. No, I would definitely get the Tom Brady jersey, but I would not hang it up in my house. I absolutely would. I would sell it. Yeah, you, you, that doesn't... I get it. I get it. it. Would be, it. You would get a lot of money. I know, and I don't like Tom Brady, and there I don't was, want that in my house. I saw that one of the big sports collectible places said they estimated that ball was worth $500,000, potentially. Bullshit. who's paying for that? I mean, collectors, I guess. It's the six, uh, nobody's ever thrown 600 Tom Tom Brady. Tom in the NFL. Tom Brady's. He might uh, throw seven hundred. Do you think Tom Brady's the greatest athlete of all time, but ahead of Michael Jordan? He's on my Mount Rushmore. I don't know. 
Why? But he's close. But you got to be he's honest close. with yourself. What Tom Brady's done is way harder than what Michael Jordan did. Way harder. He every game for him is a game seven in the postseason. Correct. Correct. Yeah. That's so much harder than yeah. Michael Jordan playing a he's, series. He's on. He's on that list. Absolutely. I mean, it's him, Tiger, Muhammad Ali, Jordan. Well, I don't put Muhammad Ali on that because it's not a team sport. I said athlete. Right. Oh, athlete. Okay. athlete. I'm talking about like in team sports. The but greatest yeah. athletes of all time. I mean, those, yeah. are, those are probably my four right there. Tiger. I said Tiger. Okay, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I, I Serena Williams that. is up there. Serena Williams, absolutely. But Babe Ruth probably, but. Uh, yeah. I mean, Otani. You baseball. You got a, I mean, you got a lot of baseball guys you can talk about. Yeah. But. I mean, yeah, he's, he's it, incredible. It, it, he's in the discussion. It's, and he was awesome last night on, on the Manning broadcast. He's trying to make me like him. It's not working. I love him. He's I, not going to get to me. He Again, I told you, he's one of those guys that I did hate for a while because he beat the Rams. Buried that hatchet a long time ago. Even at the angst of a lot of people, like, oh, I hate, like, whatever. I don't okay? even know why I hate him. But I, I don't. Do. I do not. And I love that I've gotten to see him play. Actually, I do. He cheated twice, dude. <laughs> he stole sign. He was ahead of video camera. He did not. The, the organization bullshit. did. Oh, he didn't deflate the balls? Everybody does that. Peyton said he did it for years. Yeah, but he, he got did. caught. <laughs> Back to our Astros he went, talk. Chris Bassett. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't like him, Dad. I don't like. I get it. A lot and watching of him don't, walk I down the streets him. of Tampa drunk was the most awkward thing I've I loved ever seen it. in my life. I loved it. I love him. He like a I love boy. everything about him. And a lot of people will call me a hypocrite because of my hatred for LeBron James. <laughs> I okay. I understand his greatness. I'm glad I get to watch him play. I just am not a LeBron. I'm fan. not. Did you see the play of LeBron James the other day? Someone's taking a video of him. Um, the guy cut in front of him. On he was in the corner guarding. I don't know some player on whoever they just played, and he just didn't move. Just let him go. Yeah, I'm he's not the gonna, laziest. Yeah, I'm. I'm not even gonna get into laziest. it right now. We'll wait till D comes on and we'll talk with uh, D about Dad, it. Yeah, this game's over. No, never mind. He caught it. Two nothing though. All right, all right, uh, all right. Here we go. Uh, just keep going. Are the Chiefs done? No, they're not. They're not done. They're gonna need. They got trounced. They need to make a move by though. the Titans. They need to get. A, they need to get a cornerback now. Yeah, their dead defense is bad. It's Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones against the world. They are bottom. One or two in a ton of high number, like high importance defensive statistics. Have you seen the Tyron Matthew? There's been a lot of videos of him just like with his hands up, like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, I can't be everywhere at once. He's like, it's him, Chris Jones, and I'm another really big lineman that or tackle. I, I remember. His name. I don't even know. I know that, and this wasn't even Derrick Henry didn't even go crazy. He could have. He didn't have to. He could have, but Ryan Tannehill made plays. A.J. Brown looked really good. The Tennessee Tennessee is hot right now. Yeah, and you know I'd love to talk to Mike about this. And we'll do that maybe next week um, because obviously he was at the game, which would have been awesome. I'm sure that was an electric environment. But hey, they're playing well. That AFC is tough. Uh, we saw the Bengals just absolutely go into Baltimore after we had talked with Matt Seward about maybe Baltimore being the best team in the AFC. Frank and, Clark and the Bengals go in there and beat them 43 to 17. Yeah, the Bengals are. Yeah, I, I told him I didn't believe that. I think. The Bengals would be the number one seed in the right now. They would be in the AFC right now. That's yeah. incredible. I don't know what they're. I don't. I mean, I don't know. That was a quick turnaround. I mean, glad they didn't draft Penny Sewell because they didn't need him. Boy, Jamar Chase. We talked about him last week on the on the show, and he is he is fun to watch. But T Higgins is back and healthy. Uzamanda, whatever his name is, Uzamanda, the tight end, two touched it, two tutties. This week, their defense looks good. Trey Hendrickson is a beast, which we all knew. Yeah. We knew that that was a great place for him to land. I didn't know. I mean, he was great last year. I didn't know he'd be this he's, great he's this so quickly. Good. And you can put him he anywhere. So good. You can put him anywhere on the line too. He's so good. He so just fast. dominates linemen. He's explosive. He's really and, good. And I think they. I'm. 
Anyone who had any doubts on Joe Burrow, they found their franchise quarterback. Yeah, and they've got some young guys in the, in that secondary that are playing really well. Joe Mixon looks like Joe Mixon of three years ago. And He's just that guy that's always like solid. Yeah, they they look really really good. They're good, and they and their new uniforms, the white ones, yeah, are awesome. <laughs> they are very very sweet. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, the Colts go in and they win a big game. I think it's going to be interesting. One thing I did want to talk about before we get out of here, uh, unless there's anything else you want to hit on with the NFL big game Thursday night. Uh, Packers Cardinals Card- Cardinals seven and zero right now. Uh, yeah. Packers lost their first game, got throttled by by New Orleans, and then have won six in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, no Devontae Adams this weekend That's or good. this week yeah. out with COVID. Uh, T's and P's to him. Hopefully, everything's there, good there. It just seems like you can't say it doesn't matter because it's Devontae Adams. Oh, well, it matters opinion, significantly. Top three, if not the best wide receiver in the game. But it does seem like Aaron Rodgers makes. So it's going to make it's going to be Martez Valdez Scanling or whatever his name is Lazard or Lazard or Rand, this could be Randall Cobb's like or coming Aaron, back party or you know? Aaron Jones I mean or Aaron Jones or the thing the thing about Aaron, that team Rob and Big it, Bob Tanyan and it being Aaron Aaron Rodgers playing no it does not mean that they're not that they can't win the game and it, I don't even, but it definitely hurts them a lot for what they can do on offense. It really does. They're going to be way more stagnant of an offense because they don't have that threat that's going to get open every single play. Right. Devontae Adams, you can put three guys on the dude will get open. He's at some so point. good. And to hear Aaron Rodgers talk about him and his work ethic and just him as a dude, I've always been a Devontae fan. Uh, I'm glad to see him doing so well. That's going to be a fun game. I, my concern is I don't think Green Bay's defense can stop Kyler in that offensive attack. No, I think I think it's going to be a shootout. I don't think Arizona's defense is going to stop Green Bay, and I don't think Green Bay's defense is going to even maybe – they might not touch one. They might get a tackle the whole I game. I mean, Kyler Murray is so much – he is must-watch By the TV. way, what's going, we need to ask Madden when he's on here what's going on with Kyler Murray in fantasy because he has not been what he was. He doesn't, ha- he doesn't have to be. That's the thing. They're right now, they're just they're just destroying people. I want a refund. <laughs> they're I'm destroying Josh Allen. This week could be a big week for Kyler Murray. I think so. I think, I think it's going to be a shootout. Normally, as a fantasy owner, I hate Thursday night games yeah. because of the quick turnaround and everything else. It does seem is to it in Green much, Bay or in Arizona? Uh, that's a great question. I should know that answer. Because I could change. But I feel like it is in Arizona. Outcome. But I don't know. If it's in Arizona, answer. it's going to be. It a is shootout. in Arizona. Yeah, it's going to be a shootout. Yeah, because that's going to be. It's going to be nice and warm there. Yeah. Um, a couple shootout. things. Uh, NBA wise, Bulls four and zero, baby. Yep. Bulls nation in effect. I, I'm riding that train as well. We, you and I talked about this at dinner. We talked about it a little bit. I, I tried to become a Pelicans fan. Zion started eating nothing but beignets. <laughs> he looks like that's all he eats are beignets and crawfish etouffee. I don't know what's going on. Oh, that, that franchise is a nightmare down there. I want to love New Orleans. I will, when we move down there, I will love them. But I am all on the Bulls train. The Hornets 3-1. Yeah. Hornets looking good. Um, the Hornets, by the way, best announcer maybe in all sports. Who is it? I don't know his name. Let me look that up. But he is freaking electric when he's announcing games. Do we have the package again this year? I haven't bought it unless you did. Uh, we had that last year. I don't know. I didn't know if we still had that on our TV. His name is Eric Collins. Okay. He's awesome. If you have watch some of his calls, the dude is freaking awesome. The energy he brings to the games is incredible. Uh, Giannis, best player in basketball, right? No. I think he is. Kevin Durant's I, the best player. In I disagree. I disagree. Um, Giannis- I, that Nets team is a nightmare. I, I'm sorry. I know that they have a lot of talent. They're 2-2 two and two right now. Nobody on that team looks like they want to play. They've gotten older. The Lakers have gotten older. They're one and three. I, I'm just I'm not buying those two teams. And here I'll probably be proven wrong come March. I the, get it. The Lakers will make the playoffs. I'll, I'll score, and I think the Nets will make the playoffs as well. The Heat right now playing incredibly well. They're only two and one, but boy, they're fun to watch. I think they're the best team in the East. 
Uh, the Knicks 2-1 and one right now. The Sixers 2-1 and one even despite all the Ben Simmons drama. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. Obviously, we're in the infancy. But I'll tell you what, the, the addition of DeMar DeRozan, he, fit, he fits in very nicely in Chicago. Yes, he does. And, you know, I, you, you never know. That's also, I didn't love the move also, when it happened. but I, Shout out to Lonzo Ball. First player in NBA history at the age of 24. 24 or under. How's he 24? To have three triple doubles. He's been doubles, around forever. Our triple doubles with three teams. You had, I'll say it again, Vucevic is one of the most underrated players at center. I think he is so underrated, and he's one of the top centers in, ba- in basketball. By the way, out in Denver, Nikola Jokic is just being Nikola Jokic. He's so good. He's not real. MVP, which I almost still forget that he's an MVP. He's but so good. He's, he's awesome. Jamal Murray is awesome. I really like that team a lot too. I think yeah. they're good. I, I I'm going to make that prediction right now. I think the Nuggets are going to be in the finals this year. I have the I have the Warriors Bulls in the finals. Warriors three and zero right now. I, I think do. you're going to see them make a trade. I don't know if it's for Ben Simmons. I think it I don't know be. what it is, but that Steph looks like he's 25 again. Yeah. They're going to get Clay Thompson like back. Draymond Green. Everybody hates him in the world except me. I think I love Draymond Green. I love his energy. I love the way he plays the game. I love that he he will do whatever it takes to win, mm-hmm. and I love that he is the perfect foil. For Steph Curry, he should be playing in the eighties <laughs> on the on Detroit like, yes, Pistons. He should be right beside Dennis Rodman <laughs> and Bill Lambeer. Yeah, would have been a good fit but, there. I mean, I, I, if the Warriors have a healthy Clay Thompson, I'm not ready to predict. I don't know what he, I hope he is healthy because he's probably a top three shooter of all time in my opinion. So I hope he is healthy. But and if they do have one, then they'll probably be my favorite. But I'm I think the Nuggets and the Heat are my favorite in the leagues this year. I can get that. I, I, hey, I'd love to see the Grizzlies play well. I think basketball is better so good. when Memphis is good. And you know they did trade they did trade uh, um, uh, Giannis, or Jonas Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah, uh, they did trade him to to New Orleans, but they haven't seemed to miss a beat. John Morant is He's fun to stud, watch. Man. They're they're good all the way across. Uh, Dylan Brooks. Very, very good player. So, yeah, I think the NBA, obviously, if you haven't paid attention yet, and a lot of people aren't because we're right in the middle of the NFL season. Obviously, the World Series is going on. A lot of my friends, at least, are Blues fans. The Blues hockey is going on, and they're playing really well. But the NBA's in good hands also. And uh, it's a fun night every night that you have the NBA. Go Bulls. Go Warriors. I love those two teams. Um, I I love a lot of these teams, but I'm really excited about those two. Yeah, me too. I think the Warriors are going to be really good. Seth Curry... He's a freak. You said it tonight. You asked me the great question. Is he, is he top 15? I, I, I said I don't know yet, but I think definitely. Yeah. And I think there could be an argument to be made when it's all said and done that he could end up in the top 10 and maybe even higher yeah. of all-time players. I think I think if he wins another ring or another MVP, one of the two, I think you have to be talking about him up there with Magic Johnson. Don't you believe it's going to be hard for him to win an MVP? No, I think like he could do it this year. And Jokic and those guys in the league. I don't know if they're going to give it to a shooter anymore. James Harden just won it a couple years ago. That's true. I guess that's did he three years ago? Okay. Yeah, he won it before Giannis won this okay. game. Okay. So I mean, he so could four win. years ago. If Steph Curry leads the Warriors without Klay Thompson okay. for the first half, and he's gonna have to average thirty-five probably, but I wouldn't put it past him. Right. So I think he could, but I'm saying or a final, yeah. another championship. I mean, his accolades are just stacking up. Here's what we know: if they get in the finals and they win, he's gonna be the Finals MVP. He's never won a Finals MVP. I'm saying because he doesn't have Durant there. Well, Iguodala won it the first year. He does have him back. <laughs> right, that is true. That is true. I want to, and Clay Thompson, we know he can get hot. He could yeah. win it too. And, and one, one cool thing for them is Jordan Poole's getting a lot of valuable playing time. A lot of big, only he's hitting a lot of big shots too. He is a good player. He's a good shooter. And uh, obviously Andrew Wiggins is, is the guy that nobody talks about there. Uh, that That's a fun team to watch. Again, I'm all in on the NBA. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm ready to get through Go get Ben season. Simmons near the favorite. I agree. 
I agree. I think that's a great fit. You and I were talking earlier. I think he's a great fit in Chicago as well. It's not going to happen because I don't think that they have the assets to give up. It would take Kobe White. And, and also, in Chicago, Alex Caruso is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see a team give him a shot to play. Like, he'd get five to ten minutes, it felt like. And then when when all their guys were out, Alex Caruso would play 30 minutes for the Lakers, and he would be electric. Would you give up Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins for Ben Simmons? Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Do you think they I don't think do you- the Phoenix, that Philadelphia would. I don't know if Philadelphia needs Jordan Poole. They might. And the reason is they've got what, what the Maxi kid. Their bitch is and, pretty bad. No, nah, it's not that bad. I don't know who they're... I mean, they're going to have to unload him. And unless it's a straight-up for Kyrie, in which that's the biggest shit show of a trade ever, because you don't know what you're getting. No. I don't know. I don't know what's oh going to happen. God. That, that's what it's... That's I, ho- I hope that's right what there. happens. I don't, because I want to see Ben Simmons be great. I don't know that's going to happen. I hope it is. I want to see him be a, a star in this league. He's a, but he's if been he a goes star. to Brooklyn... With Harden and Durant, that just never ends well. They it could end. Doesn't. I think he was nah. playing pretty well there. Nah. But then Blake Griffin wouldn't be playing. That that team has so many egos that I don't. And so many old. I just don't see it. I don't. I could be wrong. And also, if you're Philly, do you want the Kyrie? I love Kyrie, but do you want that headache? I don't. He's just such a game changer. What he's he, absolutely he is. And also, I don't know what the Pennsylvania laws are, and I don't know what the 76ers laws are, and I don't know what the NBA with David Silver. We never know what he's going to do. Adam Silver. He, Adam. My God, we know he's. What I call him this time? You call him David Silver. Every time, because I think of... It's David Stern. Absolutely. It's Adam Silver. Yep, absolutely. With respect to his name, he's the best commissioner in sports. He's fantastic. So, all right. Well, hey, we got the NBA in. We got a little hockey talk in. We got a little Illinois football talk in. Taught you who Vili Huso was? Yep. Vili Huso. Where's he from? No idea. Wichita. Probably not. They don't play a lot of hockey in Wichita? I'm going to guess he's from some country that's not America. I would guess maybe that's the case. Is it spelled with an H? He's a, he's a, he's Finnish. Finnish. So he's from Finland. Yeah. Helen Helsinki. Helsinki Finland. Helsinki. I think there was an Olympic. Billy Huso. V i l l e h u s s o. Okay, and he's our backup goaltender. He's really good. Too. All right, good. good. It's not Jake Allen. But he's good. But let's not trade Bennington and give him the spot. If we trade Bennington, I'm leaving. All right. Uh, anything you need to, uh, to add? No, I think we're good. Coming up on the spooky season. Well, one reminder that I always want to give you guys, and sometimes I seem to forget this. Uh, for those of you who are, who are podcast listeners, one, we greatly appreciate you giving us your time to tune in to two knuckleheads talk about knucklehead things. But we are sure having a blast with it, and it's because of you guys who keep listening, again, for some reason. I don't know, but I do love that you do it, and we really appreciate your feedback on Twitter and everything else. Uh, but with it being the spooky season, do us a favor. Go check out Monsters and Mixers podcast. Um, it's my wife, Amy, and my daughter, Emma, obviously Caleb's mom and Caleb's sister. They are killing it globally. Uh, they are doing really, really well. And if you're into uh, the paranormal, you're into true crime, their last two or three episodes, not that the rest aren't good, go check them all out, but their last two and three episodes have been incredible. A uh, really good one on Gabby Petito. And then the last one right now, they, they talked about some cryptids. They've been hitting on that. They've been hitting some legends going on with the Halloween season. Obviously, it's a change of pace from sports. Some of you like that. Give them a, a shout. Give them a look. They're really, really good. And, and they are blowing up right now, guys. They're really, really good. So get on that, that train early. Uh, once again, we'd like to thank you. We really appreciate you for joining the More You Know Sports Cup podcast. Please find us on your favorite uh, podcast platform. Give us a five-star rating. We greatly appreciate that. Once again, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at more underscore noble. And then just the More You Know Sports podcast on Twitter or on Facebook. Caleb's at CalebNoble08 on, on Facebook or on Twitter. Twitter. Apologies. Uh, going to U of I this weekend, so have a good time up there for Halloween. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, have a good time up there. Uh, let's go Braves. Let's go Braves. You know Caleb picked the Astros, but let's go Braves. Uh, again, guys, have a fantastic Halloween uh, week. We will not be back till next week, so have a fantastic week of Halloween. 
Be safe out there. Take care of each other. Cheers. The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know. Noble.